Hello and welcome to the Random Works podcast. Today I have Dr. Prasikta Dandekar from the Department of Pharmaceutical Sciences of the Institute of Chemical Technology, Mumbai, and Professor Ratnesh Jain from the Department of Chemical Engineering at the Institute of Chemical Technology itself. Professor Prasikta and Professor Ratnesh they both research on nanomedicine, specifically in uh, 3D cell cultures, RNA therapeutics, and uh, continuous process development. Uh, for nanotech delivery and all and they have they both obtained their bachelor's and phd's from institute of chemical technology itself where they currently serve as professors welcome project and ratnesh yeah thank you so much abhigyan we are happy to to be able to chat with you so thanks a lot for inviting us thank you abhigyan i think i look forward for this discussion thank you Thanks a lot for taking out time of your busy schedules and joining me in for what promises to be a very fascinating conversation. So you all have had a very sort of interesting path to the frontiers of science. You have been engaged in some very fantastic research of sorts and all. So were you always did you envisage yourself as a child sort of pursuing a path in science? Did you have any inspirations? in terms of your family or friends around you or was there some school teacher who really inspired you and you were set on becoming a scientist so project how did it start for you yeah so basically my uh, family uh, is uh, full of doctors so being in science was a natural choice because i grew up because uh, my first choice was to be in medicine but then i was a little stubborn in uh, getting only into the government medical colleges in mumbai uh, and and not leaving mumbai for some reason and uh, then um, uh, eventually i i could not get admissions in any of the government medical colleges in mumbai uh, i had a choice of government dentistry colleges and the paramedical courses etc but then uh, i was uh, i was a little put off uh, at that stage and i happened in the summer of uh, 1999 i just happened to be at icit to you know have a uh, a feeling of what all courses icit had to offer it was university back then and i was completely awed by uh, the beauty of icit uh, campus so uh, uh, it it was also at that time um, being at uh, an undergraduate course in icit was like a gateway to america so um, so that then i thought that yes i did i had not managed to land up in any of the government medical colleges in mumbai so why not uh, give a try to having a career in america and with those thoughts actually i happened to uh, join a pharmacy course because yes it was connected still connected to uh, a lot to biological sciences it was also connected to healthcare in a different way so uh, uh, a mixture of all these decisions uh, prompted me to opt for uh, you know uh, the b pharm course at university uh, back then in 1999 So that's a really terrific elucidation of what actually prompted you to sort of pursue a path in pharmacy and sort of a desire to also go to America of sorts and all. So Ratnesh, was it the same for you? Were you also motivated by something so to go abroad for further studies or something of that sort? Or were you also interested in medicine and all? And that's how your path also kick-started in science. 
Yeah, so yeah, that's an interesting coincidence. Uh, I was always looking uh, medicine as my career. And I tried hard uh, for a couple of years after my higher secondary. Uh, so even I, I had taken a break from my formal schooling and before joining any college, uh, just to prepare myself for uh, some of the toughest medical examination. Uh, so though I appeared uh, into uh, you know certain lists because we have very limited seats, um, uh, I was getting certain veterinary position and uh, which was not of my interest. And to be very honest, I was clueless and what to do. So uh, the only thing which was near medicine was pharmacy. There's nothing else. So since I was, uh, you know, pretty much was uh, close to medicine area and I wanted to do something in medicine, I've chosen pharmacy. Uh, but that time again, uh, there was again a tough choice where to go, how to do things. Uh, 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 since from, from very early childhood, I was dreaming to become a physician or a clinician. Um, I really didn't have any idea what to do now. So then, uh, you know, a few doors which uh, were created or which were open eventually after pharmacy. And this is how I landed up here. And uh, then, you know, definitely you have new ambition and new aspiration eventually develop. But this is how I'm here uh, from, from the beginning. That's really wonderful. And as you all talked about, you both had a interest, a deep interest in medicine. And basically along those lines, you took off a pharmacy course and you came to ICT or to a university. And university has been a very famous institute in India, a niche institute of sorts. So, tag it can sort of share with uh, say an institute like an ISI or a CMI in Chennai and all in the sense of it's a very niche area but in that niche area itself it has carved out a very big name for itself and and a typical feature of university itself even compared to other technological institutes in India especially is the fact there's a high propensity of undergraduates participating and partaking in research and all so how was the research culture in your time was it the same as we all had a chance to experience in our times and all was it a into something that actually fostered your interest to continue your doctoral studies itself and how did it all come about yeah so yes uh, so even back then uh, people did uh, i mean uh, our batchmates did indulge in uh, doing short term research projects uh, with with our professors uh, wherever the professors uh, were encouraging like uh, my uh, mentor and my guide professor vandana patravale was one of the people in the pharma department who has always been uh, uh, encouraging undergraduate students to work in her laboratory and um, uh, but i mean to be frank let me tell you that back then it was all about building your cv to be in america so so yes of course having a um, an exposure to the research um, culture in your university um, always helped you to understand what you may want to do at a later stage that was one aspect of it, but it was also about having that on your CV so as to be uh, able to get into a good university in the US. So uh, I, I will um, not lie by saying it otherwise. Um, I did not, myself, I did not work on a project uh, as such, but I did work with a PhD student in the pharma department for writing a review article. 
so that kind of exposed me to how to go about doing literature survey which was which was new because back then we did not have this concept of i mean at least for the bfarm graduates we had us we had opportunities for giving short seminars but there was nothing like doing a home paper or being able to conduct a research project formally so which have now been introduced formally into the coursework and which i think is a very good thing that it exposes you to the nuances of research quite from an early stage to be able to understand whether you want to do uh, you you want to take that ahead uh, it that was not the case uh, with the earlier coursework it was a, a whole year long coursework that is yearly pattern of examination which was um, decided by the mumbai university so but i did work on that review article like i said um, with one of the phd students and that i think it exposed me uh, to certain aspects of uh, uh, conducting a literature survey um, of course i wanted to be um, be in research um, and i wanted to do a phd so that that those intentions were quite clear uh, right from the day i entered into university to do my bfarm that yes i wanted to do uh, uh, do uh, get my phd degree so i i was not sure of the areas back then as to what i would be interested eventually i got interested in pharmaceutics which was more about compounding of drugs um probably because uh, i had very good teachers uh, uh, teaching that course um, in in the, within the department and um, then unfortunately um the 2001 uh, attack on the world trade center happened and uh, there were a lot of uh, visa rejections uh, because of that and i happened to be amongst the three from my class who had their rejection um so i had a good academic record um i did not expect myself not to get a visa for any reason but yes uh, that happened to happened so um and I, then at that point i was really clueless because from the day i entered into icit i was mentally prepared to do my research in the states so i i really did not know what to do uh, after that but uh, like i said vandana ma'am um, she offered that since you are going to be here for another year probably giving your entrance examinations in india or probably trying for other universities in the states you might want to join my research lab and get a feel of how things uh, go about in research so i i did accept that because I, i in fact i was very happy that she offered me that because i for some reason i was not comfortable with the idea of spending one entire year at home studying just for the gate examination because gate was more close to uh, what we had done during all the four years and i think i had studied fairly well during those four years uh, to be wanting to spend one whole year studying all the coursework uh, again um uh, so that was how i got into research culture in icit and then i found that yes uh, the research was being conducted at par as everywhere else of course there were uh, pace differences because of uh, funding related uh, issues or uh, bureaucracy or uh, there is cultural difference in 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 science everywhere around the world so probably uh, maybe the pace was different but um, i said it was going there uh, i mean it it was walking along with the rest of the world so uh, that motivated me to continue back at icit for my uh, masters and then eventually my phd
that's a really a wonderful elucidation along with some point poignant points along the way as you talked about facing rejections and all and something that a lot of people in research and academia can relate to and the rejections can happen in multiple ways there's always the anonymous reviewer to to reject you and then you have these issues cropping up like visa rejections and all due to some extra new circumstances and something yeah. we can very much relate to in the current term due to the modern day pandemic and the induced global lockdowns and all there has been a lot of uh, sort of uh, schools transitioning to virtual schools and all many have been unable to go or some departments have actually sort of reduced intake for the next couple of years and all so yes these uncertain times are something a lot of us can also relate to in these modern day scenario so ratnesh was it the same for you were you also the receiving end of at any sort of rejection of sorts or were you always set on sort of pursuing a graduate studies in icit itself and how old did it, was your interest job sort of fomented to pursue graduate studies or did you contemplate doing something else uh so i think i'll begin uh, again so i i have i'm i'm a graduate of another university in bhopal called rajiv gandhi technical university and then i i came for my masters and phd program in icit uh so this is how i uh, so the rejection uh, of uh, not being a clinician or not being a physician was so heavy uh, that i admit that you know no other rejection probably have hampered the way uh, i should uh, you know begin my journey in in academia so that was uh, that was a, a very good uh, uh, you know i would say a negative thought which was there for a period of a year or a two years when i was not able to do anything uh because i wanted to become something and i could not uh so that was the reason i pursued then pharmacy and uh, eventually i realized uh, when i have chosen pharmacy i really didn't know what would be my future i mean how i will what will i do uh during those four years uh i realized that there are couple of options and i also realized that being just a bachelor of pharmacy will not do good for my career uh so that is the reason i thought i'll i'll uh, you know try to become something so my first priority was that time also a management where i wanted to do an mba i also realized that because of my financial so the rejections were not direct in my case to be very honest they were more indirect rejections so indirect rejections is situations and economical conditions so there were financial condition which were not supporting me that i could do an mba um in terms of and uh, the the culture was also very different right now there a lot of support available or at least i was not aware that the such support might be available um so i have chosen masters just because of fellowship i i learned from somewhere that if i'll uh, you know choose a masters degree in pharmacy i'll get some stipend and that was the only motivation uh, to come to uh, a masters degree and i also realized that i will only get such uh, you know brand if i come to institute like icit so one of my senior told me um, that uh, we were just traveling in train and we was i was saying that i would like to go somewhere maybe delhi or punjab university or somewhere uh, then she just told me that you know why don't you go to icit so that was the second thing they said that but it's very tough to go into icit so that was the time i decided uh, that i will work hard for my gate examination and try to get into uh, that institution 
and i did try i quit everything whatever i was doing that time and i was just doing gate examination um i did get a very nice rank in top 50 of uh, all india ranking uh, but still i couldn't uh, secure a position so that was a second rejection icd and the fuel of getting icd was you know somehow uh, somehow that intensified that now i should get into and i was keep seeing so i was admitted some other university ms university baroda and realize that uh, you know i probably have to get into icit and luckily i got a call because of you know uh, list one list two list three that happens uh, so that that was the time uh, icit used to be closed in uh, uh, say top 50 or top 70 ranks of gate masters so uh, that was that time there were no niper institutions were there and that was the reason that we were always uh, in the top 100 Uh, all the students so the the quality of student was very good so that was the you know time when i was again very disappointed that i wanted to be in icit and i have landed up in ms university baroda baroda was a very beautiful city um, and uh, the beautiful campus where i used to stay but i the thing which you know it was always that i needed medicine i couldn't get i needed icit i couldn't get and so that feeling was always there for a month and a half month and that, then then luckily i got my admit here and then somebody told me that i should choose so there is another professor called professor vavia he was very much uh, you know famous uh, and uh, people wanted to uh, we work with him same was with me as well and again i uh, one of my senior here in icit uh, whom i know through connections my own internal network Uh, then he said so i was not getting that again so another i would say see these indirect rejections so then somebody says no vandana madam is good and uh, you know she she'll mentor you right so i said anyway i don't have much options uh, because ict was my priority uh, and the second priority was any teacher whom that i'm working so uh, and uh, so so that was the reason uh, that you know i ended up here and then it was more sequential uh, then eventually a year later most of the journey was also decided uh, based on when i met prajakta so uh, you know the, the, then there were journeys which were entangled eventually so there were a lot of plans uh, and honestly those plans eventually i also used to tell her that these plans are but you know somehow then you have to adjust the plans so uh, i i got a first rejection from her as well but eventually that rejection uh, you know uh, so that was also uh, you know i have taken on my heart that you know somebody cannot reject me now and so i pursued her and somehow could get that acceptance eventually uh, so this is how and then uh, i don't think uh, i have waited for rejection i just if door was there it was there otherwise i've created a door to be very honest because these three rejections were uh, more than enough for my rest of the life That that's all of it really brilliant exposition of the rejections in your life <laughs> and how they have shaped you and all and as like as like as i said before as academics a lot of us can relate to rejections happening in multiple frontiers whether it is just sending an email to a certain professor for a research position or for a graduate rotation in the lab or something of the reviewer too who is out there to reject your papers or the other people around you people on your thesis committees and other committees around 
who are out there to reject you. But as you said, it's very important to take these rejections and our stride and sort of continue along rather than just being sort of impeded. And that was really terrific. And along the way, you made a point of being at MSU. So uh, mind if I ask, which year were you at MSU University at Baroda? So this was 2003, I'm talking about. So was it uh, the time, did you have a chance to meet with Professor C. and Ramakrishnan? Uh, so I was in pharmacy department and uh, I could not uh, be in uh, touch with other because pharmacy department is actually isolated from the main campus and we were in hostel. So, uh, so somehow I could not interact with other faculty members, but I know the entire pharmacy department because I was in touch with them. I had made very good friend, even with a very short period of time. Uh, but I, uh, somehow I do not know uh, other faculties of the university. Yeah, yeah. Professor C. N. Ramakrishnan was the founder of the biochemistry department at MS University, which at the time was the top one. And his son, Professor Venki Ramakrishnan, will go on to win the Nobel Prize. Yes. yes, yes. And Professor Venki Ramakrishnan will be there on Random Works in August. So yeah, we hope to be conversing with him soon enough. So yeah, that was really fun. And as you talked about, you all came to ICT and uh, your graduate studies started. And also, you all had a pretty great time at a pretty top research institution in India. And along the way, you also talked about there were a lot of impediments uh, in terms of, uh, as Project mentioned, in terms of bureaucracy or facilities or the whole research culture and all. So in hindsight, after, say, uh, 10 to 15 years after your graduate studies have ended and all, do you feel you were sort of better served by sticking around for your graduate studies in India and the lessons that you all picked up along the way really helped shape you as a scientist and as and when you became PIs and all, did it sort of also influence the way you conduct your research or you way, the way you direct your research groups and all, way you mentor students and all, has there been a substantial shift in the culture from what was then happening in Indian academia and after 15 years, what is the current status now? Are there better avenues for students to sort of speak out against uh, myriad issues, whether or not related to the research or something of that sort? So how do you feel the cultural shift has been and how was your own experience doing graduate studies in India? Yeah. So, um, yeah, there definitely, I, I think there is more awareness um, amongst the students now. There are also a lot of opportunities uh, from the government to be able to do um, or to pursue your interest. So back then it was more about like you either go into medicine or you go into engineering and people did not know about anything else that you did. So when I opted for pharmacy also, there were a lot of questions. So why? You were getting in dentistry, then what made you choose pharmacy? Now, what is the scope of, of, of pharmacy in our country? Uh, why would you want to do that? Why not offer paramedical? So it's it's like there were there were just two branches existing for everybody. One was medicine and the other was engineering, and there was nothing beyond that. That definitely has uh, changed now. Um, people had are more aware of uh, different courses. I mean, there are many who want to do their BSCs and MSCs by choice to be able to pursue a particular area of research. And then they apply for IITs um, or they apply for their further education in, in other countries or wherever they may want to pursue uh, their research in a particular area. So there has definitely been a shift um, in, in, in the outlook of what was back 
in 2003 and what exists uh, right now. Um, uh, so yes, I mean, uh, I, um, am, am I answering your question or is there any other aspect that you really uh, oh, absolutely. want? Absolutely. Uh, and something that uh, in the along the way in the last decade or so, the with the rise of institutions like ISOs and the NICER and all, previous and, and all, there has been a substantial shift towards with the, the Indian yes, yes. starting an undergraduate program. Yes. So, and it has been really important. Otherwise, there has been a traditional lot of siloization. It still persists to a certain extent in the Indian high schooling system of sorts, whether it is the first time you're made to choose between science, arts, and commerce, or when you enter science, either you do bio or you do maths or so, or when it comes to sort of choosing an undergraduate path, it's always an engineer. You either go to an engineering school or you go to a medicine school. But within the last decade or so, there has been a cultural shift. There has been a lot of students sort of pursuing other avenues of sorts, and which is really sort of encouraging of sorts. And it also brings to the light the notion of interdisciplinarity. Today's exactly. doesn't in silos of physics, chem, bio, maths. There has been a lot of intersection that happens and all and there is a lot of whole different fields inform each other and all and it was about sort of applying the toolkits and all so how was it sort of uh, as you all talked about you all had a chance to work with professor patravale and all and you also talked about ratnesh especially talked about a lot of uh, friends and people who sort of guided him along along those random interactions he had with people which actually got him into ICT, then sort of pursuing a PhD, the call to sort of just apply to Professor Patravale's group and all. So how important have friends and mentors been in your journey through science and academia? Yeah, so uh, I think uh, friends and mentors are going to, I mean, normally they play a bigger role. Uh, so uh, to be honest, uh, till I've been exposed to ICT, I really didn't understood or before the role of mentor or even the meaning of mentor. So it was, uh, you know, somebody who was advising. It was a maybe I was coming from a tier two and tier three city uh, culture. So when I came to Mumbai, uh, you know, there was a difference, uh, difference in culture. So cultural understanding was uh, definitely, it is still there, uh, you know, because the mindset you develop is pretty different. Uh, while talking about people, uh, the culture of tier two and tier three city is, uh, it's very casual. I mean, you ask anything, if you uh, simply don't know, you just, just jump in without, uh, you know, understanding etiquettes and mannerism. You simply jump your guns and ask what you want. And uh, even the expectations are that, you know, somebody can help you out. So this is how we grew up that asking anything, whatever you need. So there was always a, and the second thing is your own motivation and curiosity. So I will mix two answers. What you have also asked Prajakta about uh, the way. So uh, now the cultural, I mean, the way we were doing our graduate studies and the way now students do graduate studies. Even like uh, when I came to, so even Prajakta or me, used to ask, we used to discuss with our seniors, we used to discuss with our teachers, we used to discuss with our colleagues and peers about whatever was happening. There was a lot of discussion around it. 
eventually what we have seen in current generation that there are more self decision making rather than a consultative mechanism so a consultative mechanism have somehow i mean that's probably we feel it might be there it might not be there but amongst the student what we see is that consultative mechanism is not there they are doing what they want they are doing what they like they are really not uh, you know trying to understand other perspective and that is something uh, which i could find at moment and we have to somehow tune ourselves into their behavioral pattern because this is a behavior this is something uh, you know if i expect them to say you consult people they're not going to do that rather than i have to assume that they are not going to consult so i have to encourage them to consult that was not a expectation in our teachers as well so our teacher used to know that they will consult within themselves and then they will come to us so that was uh, a very very uh, different mechanism so friends and uh, mentors are extremely important they were important they are important they are going to be important but the the generation our generation used to interact with them and in their whole journey so even when i was choosing ict so when somebody just just said that ict is a good, good institution i did my own research whether it is right thing or not a right thing or just a rumor and then i only believed in myself when i was coming i used to before i so i traveled all around india for choosing an institution so i did not choose ict because somebody said ict is a good institution so i have traveled to south i have traveled to west i have traveled to east kharagpur and everywhere i went everywhere just to see the institution and uh, whether these institution whatever is claimed is because that time internet was not so heavy so uh, i have to see physically and i have actually seen every institution physically before choosing something and uh, that was the reason but then i used to find friends you know their suggestion you I, whenever i used to get there is to talk what is your experience how do you get jobs uh, you know what is the long term aim how how that so they so there are a lot of people my own teachers my own friends uh, have helped me of shaping this decision and uh, uh, so so far i think and when when we are professionally now being in a position we still take mentors uh, into consideration so whatever our future aims are so i still have uh, you know a lot of mentors who is helping me in terms of what i wish to do or what we wish to do as a group so we both have got uh, you know uh, encouragement and support from many of our teachers well wishers who are continuously uh, helping us so i say it is still relevant uh, the meaning and definitions have little changes which probably it's a part and parcel of the generation shift so that is how it's going to happen yeah i also uh, agree i i wish to add something to what ratnesh is saying that back then we had a lot of vertical and lateral interaction like we used to interact with our um, with, with the batches ahead of us so when i i remember when i entered in my first year we also had interactions with those who were about to pass out um on many things so every time it was not about um um uh, academia it was also about participating in uh, festivals so it was as 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 trivial as something like that but there was what i mean to say is that there was a lot of interaction and when then we, when we started applying for universities abroad it was the same set of seniors who had already gone to the us and settled who could advise us on how uh, the culture in a particular university was 
or we also interacted with our peers in uh, chemical engineering and in the btech courses so there was also a lot of lateral interaction happening uh, somehow i find that um, missing like over the period of time if i ask a particular batch or oh, do you know this person from your immediate uh, senior batch the answer would many a times be no so uh, so that i don't know why it is missing probably now we are more connected over social media which leaves us very little time to uh, you know make physical contact of course pandemic i can understand that you are not supposed to make physical contact with anybody but this is in general uh, lacking because there is a lot of information which which is now available over the internet that people uh, don't really find the need to connect with people anymore i mean um, that sort of connection is a little missing those are some uh, really uh, fantastic points that you made in the past uh, 10 minutes or so and uh, you both made and as you said about interactions the quality of interactions and even the mode of interactions as rathnesh uh, argued and even project argued that um, internet has made things a lot easier it's not about earlier sort of a student had to to refer a paper a student had to manually go to the library and sort of yeah. the journals find out the volumes the issues and then cross reference things and then figure out whether references are to date as simple as entering the doi in google scholar and finding the whole list of references and all and that is something that can be said at the same time there has been a lot of um, changes and upheals and it actually in a way it also makes a lot of things easier with an yeah, yeah. allows us to have this conversation sitting in the comfort of our homes during a global yes, definitely as well as allows people allows obscure undergrads to reach out to nobel laureates and fields medalists and mm. without any fear of sort rather than waiting for them to sort of come and have a chance to sort of interact even if it be permissible or so so there has been a market cultural and a generational shift and in particularly the time you all have been sort of invested into academia especially starting from grad school to today there has been a marked changes in both in terms of socio economic as well as technological changes of sorts and those are some really brilliant points that you all made and uh, so along the way rathnesh also earlier referred to sort of um, you the both of your path intersecting uh, with uh, when working with uh, dr patravale for your grad school during your grad school for your phd's and all and he also talked about the rejection that eventually turned into an acceptance of sorts so how did it also was it a, so along the way you all have been sort of seamlessly collaborating as well in your sciences you will have been sort of pursuing a sort of a unified vision of sorts a common vision of sorts in your research and also did it happen just randomly of sorts or was it a conscious decision to join hands both personally as well as professionally uh, so maybe this is the question which you are heading to prajakta before i'll answer i think Anyway, anyone... <laughs> he gives us a choice, so you can start. <laughs> Any one of you can take it first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I'll uh, you know that was definitely not a professional decision. Um, you know, it was more of a personal. So, such decision cannot be professional, to be very honest. 
it uh, it was always a personal decision uh, that that we went into this but eventually realize our interest uh, our the way we wanted to do things together it was always uh, uh, effort and always a wish and a dream that we would like to be together that was the only thing and having you know that particular feeling allowed us to collaborate with each other and to be working since we were in a similar group of course our uh, the ways so we both are b farm the only difference which has been made she pursued biotechnology i pursued pharmaceutical science um though at this moment more of a, i mean more or less we are doing biotechnology only uh but uh, uh, this was initiating point but when you are uh, together uh, of course during graduate study it was always a team uh, which which automatically forms you really don't have to do anything because uh, there is good amount of conversation and whenever conversation is more you form a team you form a collaboration this automatically happens you really don't have to do or try anything um the interest allowed us and then we eventually took a conscious decision so during graduate study it was not a conscious decision it was a automatic process but when we were deciding about our career when we were deciding so when we were going for a post doc so we never wanted to actually uh, go to different cities and uh, having long distancing relationship we wanted to be in a one city though our choice was open we don't want a single advisor should be our advisor we could we can have probably uh, some one city and uh, we can have uh, uh, you know with different university or different labs that was okay that was not something which we which we have decided but that happened eventually and uh, that we got a same advisor even as a post doc eventually with minor hiccups so she got two advisors i got one advisor um and then when we were choosing for uh, coming back to india that time again that was a conscious decision that we will uh, make or we will uh, create a group which was uh, uh, you know something which we will make it together and that's how uh, you know so from more automated process to a conscious decision this is how we ended up here uh, and uh, you know the the experience is tremendously i mean the way you could do things individually there are positivity and negativity of both the side i admit that as well but the way this teamwork can uh, actually do wonders this is a simply a phenomenal example uh, so we definitely invest our time and resources in two different direction with one single result so uh, this collaboration cannot be better than whatever it is as of today yeah uh prajakta can add yeah. maybe so uh, yeah so i would um, yeah i i i um, would once again like to highlight what he said i was uh, i don't know uh, more than ratnesh i was very uh, helpent that uh, if we were going for a post doc together we wanted to go for a, a post doc abroad to have uh, experience different culture but at the same time i was very sure that i would none of us would be following each other but we had to get into the to <laughs> probably different universities in the same city or um, different professors in the same university or department but anyhow it has to be the same city that was a, a conscious decision which we had taken uh, probably it was again once again because of my stubbornness 
but uh, because of that uh, we started uh, looking out for positions quite early on so during our phd ratnesh had been like almost two years before we finished our phd um ratnesh was at a conference in the states when he uh, started talking to people already uh, because uh, and there there's there's a generally a resistance to hire a couple because uh, they see it as a team coming they don't see it as individuals who are working together but they more sort of feel that it, it's a team which is coming and then uh they are a little reluctant that it would kind of create fragmentation uh, in their lab cultures because as as a part of being a couple you tend to support each other sometimes you also tend to support each other blindly so uh, that is what uh, people are generally uh, scared about that they they do not want a a, a fragment that operates by itself uh, autonomously in in their laboratories so that that was uh, that we we i remember that we wrote to so many people and uh, finally there were only two who agreed who who said okay it was okay to hire a couple together so uh, of course even at that time like he said i had two professors because uh, um, the phd my phd boss with whom i eventually uh, worked with he said that it would be better that when you're coming over one of you stays in my laboratory and one of you works in another department with my collaborator we we, we were okay with that arrangement because it would also give us chance to explore uh, things together and yet differently so uh, eventually then uh, when we applied for different fellowships so we were in europe and uh, he offered us fellowship for the first 6 months but then he also made it quite clear that because you are coming as a couple uh what i would be offering to one of you for a span of one year i'm going to split it up into two of, uh, into both of you so in 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 the next 6 months it becomes imperative that you find a fellowship for yourself and but europe has many many opportunities there are there is embo fellowships and there is humboldt fellowship there is marie curie so there are there are many, there's scope is um, quite huge but i would also say that the first 3 months in more than concentrating on the lab work our advisor also let us work a lot on these fellowships because uh that would have made more sense rather than you know just uh, going there for 6 months and coming back to india so we i would say that the first 6 months we uh, spent it quite vigorously over um, you know securing funds for ourselves um and that luckily happened we were lucky in that ratnesh got a humboldt uh, fellowship and i got a marie curie fellowship and we eventually landed up with the same professor because he was from a uh, uh, healthcare area he worked in the healthcare sector and there we decided to move ahead of a little ahead of what we had already done back in india so from from uh, working with uh, small molecules we transitioned our research into working with uh, larger molecule biomolecules like uh, siRNA um our lab also gave us a quite a Um, you know, a uh, uh, culturally very diverse experience. So, uh, Professor Lehr's lab in in Germany, it 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 has people from all over the world. So, um, from from Egypt, Syria, from 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 United States, from different parts of the Europe, and we had a very good time scientifically and culturally. And uh, the way he mentored us, I think, I I I still remember a statement which which was made by him that in your case. you work like uh, you know um 
like like those um, circus uh, what do you call them um trapezes uh, i i i can't recollect the name so one goes up ahead and holds the hand and gets the other one ahead uh, up with him and then you move on a step i i, I could re really relate with that idea um so i think it was a uh, being in germany was a very good uh, experience scientifically and it helped us lot to shape our lab uh, back in india once we decided to come back and like rathnesh sir coming back together at the same university was a conscious decision again it was lot of efforts to be in the same university because you are also if you see in ict we are the only couple who's who's able to work together so uh, that does require a lot of uh, efforts it's it's not uh, uh, as easy but then it also uh, it is also very interesting i mean a lot of duplication of efforts is avoided um, in 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 running a lab together absolutely that's a very riveting thing that you would told us of how your personal and professional lives intersected and all and along the way you also made a point about a general hesitation to hire couples and all and one can also sort of um, look back and it is not restricted to a certain country it pervades academia as a whole and 20th century especially in the western world was pretty brutal in terms of there were a lot of discriminations some universities had explicit policies against not employing or even employing but not paying the um, female part of the couples and all a uh, professor storm steeds who uh, shared the nobel prize in chemistry with venki ramakrishnan for elucidating the structure of the ribosome had a his uh, spouse professor john steeds is a very famous crystallographer and uh, there is a tale of very famous and a truth tale, uh, a truthful story about tom steeds that story when he was offered a position in berkeley professor john steeds was denied and she was told that she could always as a research scientist in professor tom seed's lab and for that very reason tom seed chose to sort of give up a tenured professorship at berkeley and he chose to move across the coast to yale and it is due to people like these and all we have the scientific world there has been a lot of change and there the stigma that is sort of attached to sort of hiring couples working together or something to a so great extent not to full extent but to a great extent has been sort of removed and today there is ample recognition for both halves rather than the female lying in the shadow of the male person as was unfortunately the case in a lot of academia right from nobel prize winning scientists like professor dorothy hodgkin or maria gofitmeyer who were never paid a dime for the pioneering research they carried out to today there has been a lot of changes and there are still a lot of changes that can happen and as you said you um, you always sort of pretty set on um, starting and establishing a group together of sorts where your research will intersect and all so was it a conscious decision to return to ict also a homecoming of sorts for you all or you all apply to other places and all and considering the places that offered you positions and all ict was the best fit for both in terms of your professional aspects as well obviously it was a homecoming of sorts for you all as well as the research aspect yeah so um, when we were looking uh, out for uh, so actually we were when we applied to ict uh, that was not um, 
the time when we had actually planned to come back. We had definitely uh, planned to come back eventually, but uh, not within two years. So uh, we had planned to spend some time in the Europe, probably spend some additional time in the US and then come back. Uh, but uh, at that time, this uh, position on which I was hired initially, uh, so when we were just uh, looking through and trying to figure out as to what we would do the next, Ratnesh came across uh, the advertisement for this position. And uh, I mean, getting uh, positions uh, in reputed universities in India is, is not something that these advertisements keep on coming out very often. So, uh, of course, and at that time, uh, when I, we applied for that uh, position, it was a, it, it's Dr. John Kapoor uh, position on which uh, I came back. So I was also competing with Ratnesh and I was competing with two of my seniors from uh, Vandana Ma'am's lab only. So um, we were not very uh, sure that I, whether either of us would, uh, you know, get that position or not, but we thought that yes, eventually we have plans to come back. So why not give a try since a position is available? Um, but uh, this position on which I came back, it was uh, instituted to promote biotech related research uh, within the department. And uh, luckily that, that worked out in my, my degree in bioprocess technology worked out in my uh, favor. In, and as well as the research which we uh, in Malbio, which we conducted in, in Germany. So uh, that combination, it uh, really worked out in my favor, even when I was competing against, you know, my peers. I mean, who were probably, who had their CVs um, as, as good as me, probably. And uh, then, uh, then the, at, the, at the same time, government had, had started a lot of... Uh, fellowships, uh, you know, to uh, attract researchers who had migrated elsewhere for their postdocs and who wanted to come back to their country. So there is, there is a Ramalinga Swami Fellowship, which has been instituted by DBT uh, and Ramanujan Fellowship, DST Inspire Fellowship. So now there are many uh, uh, fellowship schemes that government, Indian government has started to attract people uh, back to their country if anybody is interested in coming back. So Ratnish uh, uh, got one of these fellowships and both of us could move back uh, together. And of course, Professor G.D. Yadav at that time, who was the chancellor by them, by, uh, at that time, he really uh, supported um, our decision to come back as a couple. And, uh, you know, um, there were a lot of administrative uh, hiccups uh, when uh, Ratnish came back on this uh, Ramalinga Swami fellowship because it was not it was not a regular position. And uh, back then, um, so it, it's 10 years back and people did not, these fellowships were new. So people did not know how to treat those fellows, whether to treat them as, as uh, postdocs or to consider them as, you know, just helping staff so that some, uh, some teaching duties could be diverted to them, you know, without really giving them any hand in, in, in the research. Uh, so... There was a lot of uh, explaining to be done, and uh, and and and, and uh, I think a little challenging time. But we got a very good support from from the vice chancellor of of the institute, and then eventually I was on a permanent position. It was a chair position, um, uh, which I, on which I actually came back. Um, 
so yeah so this is how how things were uh, when when we came back so uh, yes but of course uh, without the support of uh, the head of the institute you can't go anywhere so that 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 is that and i think our degree from ict really helped uh, in in that sense yeah so i think uh, just to add what prajakta has just said um so i think your question was also whether we have actually surveyed a uh, different institute of india um see there were a lot of uh, you know the decision was also though consciously we would like to come back uh but uh, being with family was also one of the primary uh, you know reason to come back to india uh, you know in addition to what so we have uh, you know not we have geographical restrictions in our decision so i'm i'm uh, you know more of uh, from the place called bhopal and uh, she's from mumbai so there were only two choice actually we had we didn't have much choice either uh, so either coming to mumbai and or coming to bhopal we also wanted to do lot of things i uh, particularly uh, i have i mean i might be little more ambitious in what i do and those ambitions allowed me that i could explore myself much more when the opportunities are more so mumbai compared to bhopal definitely have more opportunities around and that was the reason we have chosen mumbai and at least one of us could live uh, near to the family that was also one of the major uh, uh, you know driver to our uh, you know choice of making now when you see mumbai we don't see much of the institutions here we have iit bombay we have ict and uh, but uh, to be honest uh, we we don't have much idea how to approach and so we have not really done a good survey we have i think talked to iit bombay that time i don't remember exactly uh, but we haven't done uh, much of our uh, groundwork what we did see is that this position has come off and more than project that was me who was driving that um that you know this position has come let us apply and if one will get then other will follow anyway uh, so she could get that position she could secure that position and then i followed in uh, this was the decision eventually we realized that we could have done that so so those the people those who are listening this podcast maybe it is very very important to have a very good survey because once you choose there is no go back because you invest all your energy and resources to your choice so i'm while saying this what i'm saying that we are not repenting our decision we are happy with our decision where we are uh, but it would have been much better if we would have done a little survey by ourselves we would have calculated all possible risk and opportunities which we haven't calculated so we have chosen based on uh, you know less professional more emotional decision but such decision has to be extremely professional because this is about career and uh, you know your career uh, can be a definitive moment for rest of your life so this uh, you know whatever prajakta said i perfectly agree with uh, you know in terms of that okay we have now taken that decision this is how the process has been uh, but a good survey a good like the way i have done for choosing my masters degree i have traveled all around india i've experienced them and then i have chosen ict i haven't done for my career choice so this is something uh, which we would have we should have done uh, but uh, i think uh, uh, this is something as an advice 
to the listener of this podcast this please do this extensively before making this choice so that's all from my side absolutely those are some very terrific points and uh, very sagacious advice that you told out also that it's really important to sort of account for all options and as we talked about the internet has been a sort of a democratizing force in that terms one can sit in any city with a wifi connection or even a simple data connection and look up the opportunities that are abound rather than undertaking a rigorous survey that you undertook during your so soliciting your master's dear institute one can easily do that from the comforts of a home nowadays and it's very important to do that as you said especially when one makes these pivotal decisions of sort of starting a lab or no, keeping so, a, uh, yeah. yeah so here i would like to i mean uh, one reason for us being uh, a little ignorant was also the fact that ict has a very good uh research um, culture um so that was also one of the reasons why we were a little uh, ignorant about uh, you know not uh, doing enough because we were already aware of what has been uh, going along but like ratnesh said yes if you're moving to a different university then it's it's very important whether they have uh, if you aspire to be uh, in the research and do some strong research then not all the institutes in india would offer give you uh, an opportunity for that so yes uh, then it is uh, really uh, if you're moving elsewhere it is uh, necessary to do your homework absolutely absolutely that's a very great point that you added on to and yeah as you said it's really important to do one's homework as well as look up things beforehand and all and those are was some really sagacious advice that you told out and so as we are talking so currently you have been researching on a broad swath of biotechnology biophysics technology rathesh you are affiliated to the chemical engineering department and chemical engineers famously do a lot of things apart from chemistry so we do a, so right from bioengineering and material science to process development control systems and all a lot of chemical engineers do a lot of things and especially in bioengineering there have been some very famous ict alumni outside also engaged in some pretty top notch research as such and also how has it been so you know, was it sort of like um, how has it been sort of uh, applying your toolkit or something your learnings from a neighboring field of pharmaceutics and coming and sort of joining the chemical engineering department and sort of pervuing and being affiliated to the department so how has it been working interacting and sort of mentoring chemical engineers of sorts for you yeah so i think it is uh, a two way uh, thing which is happening um, and uh, though the uh, you know the earlier condition which prajakta explained uh, uh, there is there is always a boundaries you know there are always uh, hydrophobic layers and penetration so i have my own layer and uh, uh, the other party will also have their own layer so penetrating each other is always difficult but when i came in uh, one of the uh, head of the department that time professor bhagwat uh, who suggested me uh, that uh, it's always on us on you because you are the one who is entering here and uh, so uh, of course i take that uh, i took that as a challenge as well and one of the great benefit which i have received is is excellent mentoring 
so professor uh, bhagwat uh, professor daikar professor pandit have really uh, shaped me uh, whoever uh, you know the way i am running my research group eventually i also got an opportunity to interact with uh, you know professor yatin gokarn who joined us briefly um, uh, in the when when we were pretty in 2012 2013 when we were uh, just uh, you know shaping our research group and uh, the the impact is so large that uh, my entire research is right now shaped on the fundamentals what yatin has seen at that time so uh, that was a wonderful journey uh, right now uh, though it took long time uh, there the interaction is still there so i'm learning a lot of things my course which i teach is on biopharmaceutical engineering biomaterials and biopharmaceutical manufacturing all are related to the field of engineering and manufacturing so i'm i'm um, you know uh, there are there is there is good thing i'm learning and i'm seeing that how uh, you know the pharmaceutical system or principle which uh, you know my education is set on how that could be taken a greater benefit if engineering components are mixed together so that is that is a good learning and uh, i would say i'm uh, i'm i'm still learning a lot of things um, and uh, that is just because i am in in department and uh, that is helping me to shape the research area so the boundaries the the kind of things i am seeing seeing uh, you know ahead it is it is it is much big, bigger picture which i could now see so if i would have been in the similar area or a similar situation where the risk i would not have taken i would not have seen this as well so there are multiple challenges which over the period of time i'm i'm encountering or i'm uh, uh, you know i have been encountering over the period of time but what i'm seeing as a positive part is a bigger picture as a bigger gain uh, to the entire research area which has been started so this this looks uh, pretty much uh, um, uh, you know uh, wholesome journey of uh, being uh, in the chemical engineering department absolutely and uh, this also sort of you also also sort of um, your points also sort of meet with uh, an earlier point we made about interdisciplinarity and all so project in the last 15 20 years you were here as a graduate student and now you are a pi and a faculty and pharmaceuticals as a whole your whole research of your group lies at the intersection of biotechnology bioengineering and all so have you seen a market shift in collaborations you might have seen a to drop down and with the students sort of interacting with each other but in terms of collaborations in terms of your research finding people who you can talk to and sort of collaborate on certain projects and all with other departments in other institutes or departments in other institutes or researchers from wholly different fields do you feel that's easier to do in the current day context and have you been involved in any sorts of these collaborations and all so um, yes abhigyan i i i think you can't do research without uh, collaborations so i think the key is to uh, do what you can do um, or what you are good at and let others do what they are good at and connect these two points to have a you know a, a, a better outcome of whatever you are trying to achieve so that i think uh, is uh, is is Uh, very important and that everybody eventually has realized um you will not find a single researcher now at ict who has isn't working 
without collaborating with somebody else within the department or outside the department or uh, other institutes i mean like i said one person uh, can't do if you have to see, have a product or if you have to have an outcome which can go out to the public uh, something which is meaningful then you can't what it is not possible for one person to do it all by himself i mean that is that is the bottom line because it's it's impossible for anybody to be good at everything so um, that that people have realized even when we um, submit the projects uh, government encourages multi institutional projects so everybody has realized the importance of that so and that also avoids duplication of facilities uh, because you can already access something which is available elsewhere right you don't have need to have the same instrument the same facility at different locations again and again because uh, that that person uh, his overall research outlook may not be the one that would align with that instrument over a longer period of time or or a particular principle over a longer period of time so uh, i think uh, uh, interdisciplinary research and collaborative research is a must which all of us are getting into and have got into and that is also which is something which is being encouraged by the funding uh, institutions as well so the situation has definitely changed um, over the time even since since we joined uh, your as independent researchers absolutely uh, those are some really great points you made and as you talked about collaborations and sort of talking with other researchers and all something that i'm really curious to know any of you can take it um, uh, so the thing is like um, in terms of industrial collaboration so industrial research in industry research uh, yeah there are some biotech companies there are companies elsewhere and all but in terms of uh, having um, the research that happens in industry and industry academia collaborations especially you were there at germany during your postdoc with a few and do you feel there is a marked difference between the way industry interacts with academia in the indian context as well as outside and as we see uh, as many would like to believe we have had the mrna vaccines for the very first time coming into the world and many sort of think that uh, mrna vaccines just came up in a span of year because that's when pfizer and moderna started making them but what many tend to miss out on mrna research has been funded by the national institute of health for the last 40 years and it also yes. brings back to the whole ubiquity of the importance of uh, funding basic science research or funding blue sky research with funding because 40 years back no one really envisaged using mrnas to sort of combat a global pandemic 40 years later on it was something for wholly different things and all and yet today of the industry sort of taking up the tools that research uh, academic research sort of made for a lot many years and repurposing them at the right time and right place and all so how do you see the research landscape especially in terms of industry and academia sort of interacting with them in indian settings do you feel that industry sort of plays its role as much as it should and how do you feel like in the future it will shape up to be the whole industrial and academic collaborations and cross talk in between so ratnesh can start and then i will follow up for this question okay okay so uh, i think a uh, uh, very relevant question abhigyan 
which has been asked and uh, right example is uh, mrna vaccine uh, so there are many i mean uh, there are many even in europe uh, such instances are there which has been funded but i'll come back to the relevant question that how indian industry so the industry institute interaction is a very very uh, scattered interaction within our country there are certain institutes uh, which are getting great attention of industry uh, i i'm calling industry per se is any industry does not matter pharmaceutical industry or software industry but in general industrial interaction with uh, with respect to uh, ict got a privilege because uh, because of industrial hub uh, as mumbai so we got a privilege that we have interacted uh, with many industries over the period of uh, last uh, many years but such interactions are more scattered such interactions are more short term uh, you know with short term benefit um so the the way industry interact in us on europe is much a mature interaction so i'm not going into the nuances of interaction how this happens but i'm giving a bigger picture of this that these interactions look into a larger goal uh, where they could achieve this together there is also a complementarity and respect for each other there is good amount of respect and complementarity and there is no rejection mindset so many of the time uh, the the indian industry which was there i won't call it as of today uh but there's still section of the industry which is rejecting the academic mindset because they don't feel it is a connected thing the largely that is also not a mistake of a indian industry because the indian industry is more of a b2b or a me too industry so it's it's not a innovator industry from the beginning so we are more of a me too industry it means our goals are anyway short term we have to start from a say uh, the the industry in us in europe start from scratch it means point zero and reach to the highest possible point we anyway start at 6 and our academy has somewhere it been 0 to 5 so the possibility of connecting them is extremely difficult unless academia comes near 6 the value which is a mid value or the industry comes near 0 so there are two ways uh, unless industry comes uh, to innovate something if they think that i wo i we will like to innovate something and in case they are coming for innovation they have to come to academia or if academia thinks look that industry the current industrial setting is not coming to zero so why don't we start so that is called work translational research okay by translational research has been uh, started because that's a point 5 and point 6 where you are coming close to what industry needs so this is the reason so there is good amount of effort uh, considering our country has multiple challenges so there's nobody who's wrong and there's nobody who's right the only thing is some of the industrial uh, some of the academician has to come forward and come closer to industry which will pull them to the value zero it means which will pull them to innovate and that is going to uh, uh, you know be a very uh, good effort again as i said onus is always on the other side because industries have uh, you know very strict timeline uh, working with professionals working on commercials there is always good challenges and uh, academia get a good support from uh, government and uh, funding and there is also a respect eventually which is growing much deeper uh, for academic research as well 
so the onus is on academia i would say from academic side that if we reach out to uh, industry we try to find the middle way where we can work in uh, that would be but i would still say that there's a long way to go unless industry come forward coming to innovation which they must do and pandemic has shown that they have to innovate there's no other way because supply chain was disrupted and academia has to also learn that they have to deliver they cannot simply on a uh, you know research where they can't deliver so uh, the pressure is on both the side and if they try to come somewhere in the middle way we could have much better interaction which is happening and then the ecosystem so government was also not creating the ecosystem where people can meet and talk the cross talk which you talk about there has to be space there has to be a system which will allow this cross talk there has to be encouragement for cross talk there has to be sufficient financial backing for the cross talk so the ecosystem is being built up the ecosystem is built up in certain area there are certain areas like the traditional chemical industry there is still no cross talks the biotech industry has a huge cross talk happening because there is a encouragement by government so there are many areas like mechanical engineering in in automobile the cross talk is hardly there you know we have good amount of tire industry i mean plastic industry but we hardly make tires or something i mean that that's the limitation over there so it has to be holistic uh, where government plays a role to create a system they are they are not supposed to create businesses as rightly our prime minister said but they are create supposed to create an ecosystem where such cross talk happens so we have a long way to go if the right ecosystem is created and uh, supported by all the stakeholders yeah rajak yeah. kanada yeah so uh, just to add uh, one small point uh, to whatever atnesh has said so far so when you said that uh, uh, how about as compared to the other countries so uh, of course we have observed in our lab there so there the industry also used to fund um, research in basic sciences which may not have immediate utility to any of their existing product lines but depending upon what their future outlook is so uh, like you said that mrna vaccine has been developed in a period of one year but that is not, that is not true that they could develop it in a period of one year because they had sufficient uh, data with other molecules that they were trying to explore it was only because that um, infrastructure had already been in place and they knew what to study how to study that they could produce a product in the span of one year but it was uh, i think it was because they had already spent a lot of uh, money in building up that um, ecosystem in such a way or infrastructure in such a way that they could actually have a product out in one year and now which is benefiting the entire world so in way and whereas what i see here is uh, interaction with industries is more on uh, for for the projects which they for which they want immediate outcomes so they would so in the industries here are they uh, when they sit for uh, immediately after the discussion is over about the particular project the clock starts ticking so uh, i i i i think more importance is paid on the immediate outcome rather than you know understanding the science behind it to be able to develop into something bigger so that could also be like ratnesh said it is because majority of uh, of the indian industries are more of metu kind of an industry and they by themselves spend very little on doing some actual uh, r and d so it is probably because of that that 
not enough money is spent on basic uh, sciences project or something which may not have an immediate impact but which could eventually help their product line so uh, that is i think uh, a kind of a difference that exists interaction is definitely there and probably my views are a little clouded because i am i am at ict and ict was established uh, basically for the purpose of helping the indian chemical industry so uh, maybe i, I you, when i say that there is a lot of interaction i i may be presenting a little biased uh, views because i am at ict uh, but in in majority of the institutes like I, ict interactions are happening uh, although they are I I wouldn't say that there is equivalent distribution in all the institutions across the country. It is there is a lot of mismatch uh, in the industrial interactions that are happening at various institutions across India. Absolutely, those are some really fantastic points you made, and uh, both of you made. And as you talked about the ubiquity of funding basic science research, is not because you want some immediate applications. It's also about sort of furthering the science. And if there's an application, maybe five years down the line or fifty years down the line, it is not the stated goal. Rather, it's to just further the science, further the research. And especially as we talked about worldwide, there's a phenomenon. The well labs of the days of your don't exist anymore. The dew point of today doesn't re resemble the dew point that Wallace Carothers created and all. So it's really important. And it's also imperative on the government to keep funding basic science research because as we see more often than not industry generally doesn't step up to the role it is required to whether it is in the indian context or even outside if the industry is funding certain research as ratnesh talked about whether it is in tech or biotech it doesn't really matter it's only to further their own interests and to capitalize on it rather than furthering the science as a whole and it's really really important and we have had these conversations a lot while that ramanujan and hardy never did number theory because they wanted to make money out of it and hardy was pretty proud of it in his non apology in a mathematician's apology but just five, 10 years after hardy passed away the whole field of cryptography was born and that underlies the modern day banking system and to a greater extent the whole internet of today our email passwords are secured for the research hardy and ramanujan did and it's really imperative to fund basic science research as a whole and along the way as a projector talked about the unequal distribution of resources or inequity ict is a behemoth in the chemical engineering setup in india and most of the research is driven by it and it has had some terrific researchers who have made some pioneering contributions to it but at the same time the whole landscape today and looking out into the future seems a lot bleak considering the absence of crosstalk as Ratnesh pointed out. And a point you made, the unequal distribution of resources, that also brings to a, a neighboring point. And Ratnesh can sort of elucidate on it. As you talked about, you in your bachelor's days, you completed your degree from an institute in Bhopal and all. And the in the India of today, there has been a prevalence of 
top-notch research, top-notch scientists being based out of some handful of institutions in chemistry, chemical engineering, it's in ICTs, and then in engineering sciences, you have the IITs, and in sciences, you have the ISC and ISOs, TIFR, and a handful of CMI and ISI. Unfortunately, the university system in India today doesn't really resemble the university system that existed 100 years back or so, because it's really important to remember that Meghnath's uh, SN Bose, they were based out of Allahabad University, Calcutta University, and Dhaka University, they weren't based out of any institutions, yet they had a chance to carry out some terrific research. Unfortunately, whether it is the universities and metro cities like Bombay, Delhi, or Bangalore, whether or it is in the interiors where it's an even more shoddy state, the research ecosystem has completely dried up of sorts, especially what's happening outside of few central universities. Research isn't something really taken seriously. And the overall university system is on sort of a ventilator or life support. So how do you see things shaping up? There was the recent national education policy also that came out last year and all. Do you feel considering, yes, the institutes do exist, but it's also important to remember the vast majority of Indian students study in the universities. It's not that they study in IITs or ICT, they study in the universities. And it's really important to have a robust system in place. So how do you see things shaping up? Do you see a revival of sorts happening anytime in the near future or and some drastic course correction has to happen before something of a revitalization can take place. Yeah. So very, very, uh, uh, I mean, very important question of Vigyan and uh, difficult to answer, I would say, uh, because the problem is uh, too big to resolve. And it is going to be much bigger eventually uh, if we don't do the course correction. So one of the major problem is when uh, IITs or ICERs are erected, uh, the major reason of doing that is creating certain center of excellences, which uh, where because you really can't repair the system. If you have to create excellence, uh, what government has adopted that you create from the scratch. So the culture uh, becomes uh, more of a, a newer culture uh, because the changes in university ecosystem was not that possible. You really can't do that. And these were the model which were adopted. Eventually what had happened is that most of our bureaucrats, most of our government has a biasness behavior over such uh, uh, you know, institutions. So there's nothing wrong in the institution, nothing wrong in any of the people, those who are sitting, they're supposed to work and they're working very hard. So like institutions like IITs have contributed greatly to the building of this nation. There is, there is no doubt behind that. At the same time, we are just not producing technocrats. We are producing citizens of this country. And the responsibility of producing citizen is not only on these IITs or uh, uh, Institute of National Importance, but at the same time at our universities, because we have social science, humanities, arts, and they are equal participant of uh, uh, you know, this particular ecosystem which we are talking about. I would say that there is a huge amount of uh, 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 you know, course correction has to be done. So the government has to give autonomy and support 
the first thing which they have to so most of our universities are under political influence most of the time the politicians decide what has to be done in a university ecosystem if you see that uh, the institution of national importance like iits have no such interference from any of the parties or even the government so unless we give them complete autonomy the way mit or stanford is working they are not reporting or accounted for anybody and at the same time these universities can come forward and then make your system they are extremely powerful having such a good amount of strength of faculty members good strength of student that's that's not less i mean that's going to be a huge power in terms of power equation if you are talking about so government gives that autonomy the first thing and foremost which they have to do is give complete autonomy to these universities and that is the only way to go forward and at the same time university has to come uh, from their own uh, you know right now because the culture has been uh, you know very different and you really can't change it even government gives autonomy they will still be there because the cocoon has already been made and if cocoon has been made you even try to pull them out by giving autonomy you say that it's like you know there is a uh, there is a bird uh, already caged and if you open the cage even for some time the bird is so uh, habituated to the situation the bird will not understand that the cage is open and i can fly because he don't i mean the bird doesn't know how to fly anymore and that is the situation of our indian university even if you give them autonomy they it would be very difficult for them to fly so a good amount of autonomy and at the same time a motivation in terms of funding support in terms of creating policies where they can be coming out uh, from the system and more importantly with zero tolerance on political affairs and that is that is the only way to 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 repair them we have central universities we have state universities central are still good but state universities are in pathetic condition in terms of education so it is very very important to do these corrections that none of the university should come under any umbrella of state or center they should have their own autonomy and own financial and academic infrastructure that is the only way to do that there has to be a regulatory mechanism nobody is rejecting that there has to be a regulatory mechanism because you really can't pull all the plugs but over the period of time they should be independent and there shouldn't be any mechanism unless certain rules and regulations which should be there so that's that's my suggestion that's what the thought process is absolutely yeah. as you talked about would you like to add something projector yeah just a small point uh, over what ratnesh added i think uh, that if the system has to be uh, you know uh, revamped or recreated there is a lot of unlearning which uh, needs to be done so like he gave the example of caged bird unless and until that unlearning process happens people will not be able to accept something which is new now uh, even under this uh, nep if uh, credit audit system is started it is very difficult unless and until the u- university unlearns uh, whatever they have been doing for since the time of their establishment i mean especially for the older universities so there ha- there also has to be a lot of guidance which needs to be provided uh, autonomy yes but uh, hand holding activity or um, uh, twinning activity with um, uh, established institutes of national importance is also required so as to be able to impart or you know um, give 
what i would say i share that culture um, uh, which is which is being uh, adopted in uh, universities of higher importance and that i think will also help to you know uh, rework the entire uh, system very true and you both made some really great points and uh, especially ratnesh as you talked about there's been a lot of uh, cocoon that has developed that something project also elucidated on and uh, there are a lot of um, uh, sort of uh, inbuilt structural problems that also need to be sorted out rather than just infusing funding and all which is a necessary step but there is also a need to sort of revitalize it by putting out people removing autocrats because there has been a high amounts of inbreeding and med- which in turn encourages mediocrity and all and unfortunately they are pale shadows of what they once were mm-hmm. and that's a really important thing and along the way also made some points about funding and all so coming back to it so coming back to you both have been pis and conducting research and research in the experimental sciences uh, requires funding whether it is in terms of laboratory funding for laboratory equipment or getting higher equipment say or nmr or a cryo em of sorts it requires a lot of funding and it isn't something that a single pi himself or herself with their own grants can fulfill and it requires dedication dedicated support and dedicated follow up from university admins as well as from the policy makers and all so how do you see the scientific landscape shaping up with regards to funding especially in the experimental sciences because to answer the pressing challenges of the day whether it is in biotech or whether it is in some other niche you require whether it is something as niche as a quantum computing you require massive amounts of funding and all and considering as we already talked about industry doesn't really step up to it and even the amount and the quantum of funding required is beyond any industry in particular it requires governmental support and governmental infusion of funds and all so how do you see the scientific landscape shaping up in that regard the current programs that the dst dbt and the governments as a whole have been running and all are they encouraging towards sort of fostering a culture of experimental research something that you can also proudly tell your mentees to sort of come back after they have done their phds or postdocs outside because funding is an assured thing and all and the government and all is very encouraging in sorts in terms of getting equipments and getting grants and all yes uh, so definitely i mean uh, i i i hear people say uh, saying that uh, funding in india is poor i i i completely disagree uh, with that opinion so uh, it is challenging but it is challenging everywhere around the world there are no uh, different challenges that india poses on on its uh, researchers um, government is also um, giving higher end funding in into building of clusters uh, so whereby uh, institutions in a particular geographical location can partner uh, with the industries in that area so as to build up a cluster which can help in providing end to end solutions and those solutions can tomorrow be practically applicable so as to maintain the sustainability of that culture so uh, of that cluster 
so uh, those those uh, things are now being encouraged by the government and uh, of course that this is uh, over and above the individual funding opportunities that are available for the uh, pis for the individual pis but like you said that in many of these funding opportunities it may not be possible for you to get very high end uh, facilities uh, so as to be able to do everything that is uh, related to your research another thing is that uh, connection between the universities is also very very important so that uh, uh, people in one university are, or one um, institution are able to access the facilities that are there in another in institution so there again the importance of collaborations comes into picture and uh, this uh, cluster uh, like culture which the government is encouraging is definitely a step towards that so as to be able to connect everybody who who are the stakeholders uh, uh, you know uh, in 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 science or in a particular scientific area and uh, i think that uh, seems to be happening very well uh, in the area of biotechnology biological sciences especially uh, of course it needs to happen also in other areas uh, including the engineering sciences um, but yes uh, uh, we are taking steps towards that Absolutely, and uh, Ratesh, would you like to add on something to it? So, uh, funding. I mean, uh, as Project rightly pointed out, funding was uh, never been a problem the day we have arrived in India. Uh, so, funding was always there. Of course, the chances are uh, somewhere seven to fourteen percent, which is uh, uh, always a good try. So, I remember when both of us came back. and even before we came back we started writing our grant application in the first few years first one or two year we have written many application and hardly one or two or three have been accepted so it's not like um, uh, i also remember uh, at this time point because we were talking about funding me and project event for a defense of one of the project called dst nano mission uh, it was a very ambitious project at the level when we were defending we were a new pi and uh, uh, bharat ratna professor cnr rao was the chairing the committee uh, which uh, you know we were defending so both of us uh, you know i was uh, uh, you know i was uh, defending i was a pi and project was a co pi so uh, you know there are a lot of challenging question which has been raised by uh, you know professor rao and project answered them beautifully i could still remember and you know it was acquiring certain instrumentation to a laboratory and uh, which which i could uh, you know see that you know they were asking that ict is capable of generating uh, such things why do you need from uh, uh, you know funding agencies and uh, the way that has been answered i think what has been seen by professor rao is how strong in your determination and we have received one of the biggest funding of that time Uh, so that has also created a good foundation to our laboratory where we could recruit a lot of people it was a collaborative grant and uh, eventually uh, you know prajakta and myself is very very uh, uh, you know uh, supported by government funding agency we have received multiple grants over the period of time and we have generated a, one of the you know excellent infrastructure within ict in the area of uh, you know cell biology uh, cell culture and biopharmaceuticals so we have created infrastructure of course largely through government funding and uh, eventually we were also good uh, lucky enough to 
uh, you know, secure certain funding for running grants from industry. And uh, uh, that is, that is so, so funding wise, if you keep trying, if you keep innovating yourself, uh, and uh, that is, so funding has never been a problem. So far, there were some uh, ups and downs, which also happens as a part of your process. But uh, I think uh, uh, funding was always uh, very good in India. Uh, I would say on the other side that India government has funding significantly to the researcher. The delivery, the way we should give output. So returns on that investment is, is not very encouraging. And that returns, so the way say you say NIH funded 40 years, but end of the day you would have mRNA vaccine. We are also funding for last 50, 60 years being a poor country. You know, we, we are a poor country, still we are a poor country. But the amount of funding you are getting, we have a world-class infrastructure, but the returns are not visible and seen. And that is something where I would say that that is the reason uh, that returns are expected now and the whole conversation has started. So this is how I would conclude my statement. That's a really terrific point you made. And along the way, the, um, you all have been sort of had the top-notch, uh, top frontiers of academia, working on some really fascinating research. And as we talked about, academia can be a brutal place in many ways. There are a lot of rejections to be found around. And then there is a lot of commitments and activities you need to engage in, whether it is teaching duties or mentorship or whether sitting on committees, grant committees, thesis committees and all. Academia can be a pretty stressful place. So what is something you both engage in sort of to detach yourself of sorts? Is there some hobby you pursue or is there some undertaking in DBA, especially in the last year as we all have been locked down in a pandemic and all? And basically everything has gone virtual and all and it can be a bit sort of monotonous sort of sitting on hours and hours of zoom calls and all or even in normal time sitting and what meetings could have trans happen only over an email and so so how do you detach yourself i think projector will begin that <laughs> i'll follow so yeah, so um, yes, um, I have been uh, pursuing certain hobbies uh, since the uh, past few years. Once the lab was uh, well established, probably I got back into those again. Um, during this pandemic, I started something learning. Um, in fact, uh, relearning uh, Sanskrit, which is not really uh, related to, um, I wouldn't uh, say that it is uh, related to the scientific endeavors that I pursue, but yes, something uh, for which I have a liking. So yes, uh, that is there. Uh, we also, we have a young daughter. So she also helps us to keep uh, distract, uh, keep us distracted from the, you know, uh, the everyday stresses. I, I, I mean, um, I, I uh, being, uh, working around with her uh, also is a kind of, uh, or working in her projects uh, is is a kind of uh, distraction uh, in in uh, whatever happens. So yes, uh, those are uh, some of the ways. It's it's some of it is conscious, some of it is unconscious. But everybody needs to do that uh, at the end of the week so as to be able to uh, face the next week with a new rigor. But uh, yeah, and it, and it's very important to catch up with your friends or your family members. Um, so as to, you know, have a balance uh, between uh, that work-life balance, as you may uh, call it, 
uh, that is very important yeah so i'll uh, add on i think the so i i i'll honestly admit i didn't have much hobbies or i don't know whether i have recognized any hobbies the the only thing i like is you know talking to people and uh, that's what i'm doing today as also uh so that's what uh, you know i like uh, i have newly acquired hobby uh, which is very very newly acquired is driving so uh, i i think i am liking that and uh, i probably would like to pursue more uh, so this is something uh, which i have the more uh, i like uh, uh, you know doing certain things um, uh, in terms of uh thinking what is coming in future so i'm uh, you know project always said i'm more in future rather than present so uh that's that's uh, somehow i i keep you know thinking what may what will be coming and uh, uh, so i'm also uh, something good in that and because of that is this called networking i i i like uh, talking different set of people different set of ideas Uh, understanding their perspective and linking to what i do i mean so it's not that i do not take professional benefit of that i very well do that and i always connect that that how that particular person may be important in our professional goals uh but it mix up somehow you know the professional goals so this is i say that you i really don't call it a specified hobby because i link with my professional goal but as prajakta collectively my the, the biggest stress buster and everything is our daughter you know it uh, you know whatever we do whatever how busy you are how things uh, she she always make sure that you know we we keep our time uh, free for her uh, we keep our time for family and that is that is helping us a lot in terms of uh, you know the way we work so um, we i mean project and myself both you know like working it's not like that we don't like working we also like taking break but we somehow you know getting into this online offline system we don't know when to stop and so she makes sure that when to stop things and uh, that is that is one of the biggest so benefit of that is one of that. the one of the things i tell him that covid has taught us so right he mentioned that he always thinks about what is coming in the future so one of the biggest things covid has covid has taught us is we can't we can't imagine what the future beholds so uh, that is uh, that is uh, one of the thing because everything changes within a second so uh, yeah so that is that is what i keep on uh, so probably that is a little point of uh, uh, debate between us as i as you will call it as to whether to unwind or to not so uh, yeah Absolutely, those are some really fascinating and beautiful points you all made, and it's really important to sort of unwind. As we talked about, academia can be a pretty taxing place sometimes, a stressful place, or juggling a lot of things. Or... It is indeed. It is indeed. It's it's exactly. so people lot of lot many things. Time of again, people think that it's a government job. It's 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 you know more relaxation. Uh, teachers can be having leisure time. uh but our experience never say that we are actually much i mean i'm i wouldn't say but we are equally busy than a corporate job uh, and we are and that to a challenge of a student you you assume that that you are always facing a new generation which is which is behaviorally significantly different and we have to understand the 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 behavioral pattern and then behave us accordingly so we have to also change ourselves 
So it is a much challenging and also understanding future problems where our research will focus on that whether are we continuing, our quest should remain same, uh, but you know, understanding what is going to come. So we have to, like industry evolve in decades. Uh, so they have to, because their proto, I mean, their portfolio has to change uh, because new decade will come with new technology. But a teacher and a researcher has to change daily because the problems are daily. You know, you get up in the morning and you have a new set of a problem. And that, that changes are much, much more stressful, I would say. Absolutely. That's a really great point you made. And both of your interests were really great. Um, Ratnesha's interest of talking, conversing with people and all is an interest that I also developed during my Olympiad days. I was in the Indian Olympiad team for chemistry, math and physics. So that time I got a chance to interact with a lot of people. And that's how sort of, that's also a major motivation behind me starting random works, illustrating my conversations with my good friends, mentors, and acquaintances. And as Projecta talked about learning Sanskrit, that also reminds us we'll be having Professor Manjal Bhargava, the first Indian origin yes. medalist, who is the grandson of Purushottam Lal Bhargava, very famous Sanskrit scholar, and Professor Manjal is himself a very fluent in Sanskrit. He'll be there on random walk soon in another couple of months and all. That was really fascinating. And overall, the last couple of hours or so has been a really fascinating conversation with you both, engulfing in a myriad conversation on myriad topics of things and looking in your and the way you sagaciously expounded on your thoughts as well as your experiences was really great. So finally, as a Random Walks podcast tradition, which three people would both of you like to come and divulge the experience in a random walk? You both can take the question on your own basis. You can nominate three and project nominate three. So, yeah. uh, okay. So I think uh, uh, a couple of people whom probably I wanted, so like Bob Langer, you are anyway trying. Uh, you know, Bob Langer is also... Uh, I have dreamt of, of doing my postdoc with him. So, uh, you know, he was the one whom I always, I somehow couldn't interact. I have had certain conversation. So you are uh, anyway doing that. I, I want that you should uh, uh, invite uh, some of the people who are specifically in the domain. So like, uh, I'm not sure uh, there is a professor at Stanford University who has developed this microscope i'm not oh professor manu prakash will be also be manu there. prakash i'm yeah, he is about, a very uh, good sort of yeah, yeah. of mine so yeah he'll be there yes yeah so professor manu prakash i think uh, i also think that you should try to invite uh, uh, certain people from um, bureaucratic uh, side like you know dr renu sharup who is uh, uh, dbt secretary because, uh, you know, that, that kind of uh, indulgement to the core, I mean, we are, so these random walks, though uh, talking about different part of science, I think they are also part and uh, parcel of science. Uh, and try to also find the common man, uh, you know, how they are uh, feeling. So you are, you are talking to people who have, you know, you are on the top and seeing the bottom. Uh, you need to find somebody who can also see that, you know, how they are looking at science. So rather than I'm giving any specific name, I've given Manju, uh, you know, Manu Prakash, because he's, he's an extremely talented person in terms of giving uh, ready technologies, uh, a bureaucrat who basically uh, affects the ecosystem, and a common man who's on the recipient end. Uh, you know, you can find anybody who's uh, 
you know who would probably interested and can talk on something so this this would be the right way to you know uh, enrich the attendance box yeah so my suggestion would be uh, professor ls shashidhara uh, from uh, ashoka university so he apart from being a very good researcher uh, a person uh, himself he is also working a lot towards science communication so uh, i think uh, i would like to you know uh, give his name uh, give him his name as a suggestion to you uh, professor jb joshi uh, he is another one who will be able to connect have established the connection between uh, science and uh, industry so i think uh, he he would be one of the uh, very good people who will be able to uh, uh, talk on that relation and because of its uh, his profound experience and um, um, his association also with uh, ICT, I would say. Um, regarding the third name, I would not uh, uh, give you any name, but probably in somebody from. Uh, so, so what I can suggest is Professor Sheila Ditya Sen Gupta, um, who is trying to bridge um, or yeah. you know address the problem of brain drain and you know attracting people. For helping people uh, to migrate back uh, into the country, so he could also be. Uh, um, and I, I, I think he also has a, a, a very uh, a different out outlook perspective about uh, things. So he could probably be uh, one of the members on your uh, list. So these are these are the three suggestions which I have. Absolutely. Those are some really fascinating nominations. Thank you. Thank you for coming and indulging us in a very fascinating random book. Thank, so thank you. you so much, Abhigyan. We also had a good time over the last two hours in talking to you. And yeah, I, 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 thanks a lot. And we would love to keep on hearing to your sessions. You know.